Hello, friends. It is episode 63 of the Talk and Shop podcast. Coach Ball Game here with my main man, Chad Chop. How mm. are you, brother? How are you, brother? Good, buddy. I missed you. It's been a few weeks, but uh, know. you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I didn't think I could be any more fonder of you, but here we are. Uh, man, it's you. good. It, it is interesting. You know, we take a few weeks off uh, from seeing each other and I feel fresh. I feel anew. Um, I do have my throat coat uh, hot tea going right here because, you know, you take two weeks off the sandlots and I got back out there yesterday and, uh, and I let it rip, you know, yeah, you, you kind of unleash, uh, unleash the beast mm. uh, as we do. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, just a little, <clears throat> little, little, little Doc Rivers, little Chad Chop going on. Mm. How's your voice? How's your coaching voice? I feel good, man. We've had some games, uh, We've had some great games. I had multiple people tell me that our game on Friday was the best game they've ever seen, best high school game they've ever seen. So I got a little bit of a Phil Jackson, Lamar, Lamar. I got some of that in there. Let's go. So. Let's go. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, you're sounding good. You're looking handsome. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're, you're completely right about the absence growing fonder. Um, this is episode 63. This is 63 times we've gotten together and talked ball. and. I uh, I definitely want to hear about this best game ever, but let me just quickly uh, unpack Italy. Me yes. and Mrs. Ballgame, first we took the girls uh, and the mother-in-law, Duda, to Washington, D.C. because uh, Play Ball did an event at the Easter Egg Roll at the White House. So there I am, like Forrest Gump, uh, meeting the president again, which I didn't actually do, uh, at the White House again. Uh, it was for the first time. But I did coach uh, a play ball camp there, and these kids were were rolling through the different stations, and MLB set up this little field, and and I did my thing. It was really fun, you know. Did the nicknames, made sure uh, I, I really taught love of play, as our friend Evan uh, hashtag Heaven Longoria taught mm. us, um, and and that was that. I felt like I did my job, uh, and the girls got to do an Easter egg hunt on the white house lawn for crying out loud wow um, we did all the things there showed them the monuments and and uh you know where martin luther king jr looked over the sea of people towards the washington monument with lincoln behind him uh we went to the capitol building we did it all and then the mother-in-law duda who listens to every pod by the way shout out God duda um you know she flies the girls back to California uh, and spends 10 days with them. 10 days and me and Mrs. Ballgame, we went eastward. We flew into Rome. We did four days in Rome. History, history, baby. This is, uh, this is where you've got the Sistine Chapel. Uh, we did the Colosseum. Uh, we did it all. Uh, we got all the touristy things out of the way. Then we took a train, very, very charming train ride up to Florence. And uh, this is where you get your scenery, man. This is where you get your your Tuscany mountains, uh, the hills, the beauty. Um, and, and that's where we met uh, David at the Academy. Uh, there's the David, there's the Duomo, the biggest dome uh, in, in, in the world, uh, church dome. Um, and we just enjoyed, enjoyed that scenery for three days. And then um, we finished it off in Venice. And I don't know if you know this, Venice is a city built on water. 
coach. Um, built on water and, and th there's no cars. You take taxis via boat. There's a, a boat buses. Uh, and, and we just wandered endless canals, endless charm. I think the charm in Italy is ubiquitous, which mm -hmm. has turned into one of our favorite words here on the pod. Yeah. Um, but there is one thing that's not ubiquitous in Italy. And you want to guess what it is? Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. It's gotta be baseball. Well, you know, I, I went on a search for baseball and I was asking some folks, Hey, Hey, the baseball. And they said, baseball. I said, yeah, have you ever played it? And they said, baseball. Uh, I said, uh, uh, you know, uh, paya, uh, ball, uh, yeah. stick, uh, run. And they said, baseball. And, uh, and that was the end of it. <laughs> but my, my favorite Italian word is, is not even close. It's bellissimo, which means beautiful. I kind mm. of uh, felt like Brad Pitt uh in uh in a movie uh, where you know i'm speaking italian in a southern accent uh arrivederci arrivederci yes indeedy um but we had a blast and here's the best part of it all you talk when you talk to a young hitter about about balance and foundation and having that good strong stance yep me and mrs ball game celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary i felt like we we got in a good balanced position we balanced out this relationship you know we've been rocking parenthood and, yep. and coach ball game and, and work and all these things uh grief uh joy the whole gamut and we just spent 10 days wandering italy and i felt like we really rooted uh you know our relationship and we're the closest we've ever been um and you and got in an athletic position with your we, your, got, we, we got in an athletic position you got in an athletic position with with our hearts. With your hearts. I love that. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> so much so much foundation and just good good balance. And we were able to take quick hacks, staying yeah. inside the ball, uh, looking the other way, seeing it yeah. long. And uh opposite yeah. field gap. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I love so, that. Uh that was Italy, man. And then back to it. Great to come back home. Uh, the, you know, the girls had written little notes for us and they were waiting in bed. Uh, we got to hug them just felt so the good. Yeah, oh, my, my, my babies. Uh, I love them so much. And, and another big shout out to all those, all those doodahs, grandmas, grandpas, yes. aunts, uncles that'll, that'll watch your kids. So you can actually spend time on your relationship, you know, which is super important. Mm -hmm. uh, happy wife, happy life has happy husband, happy uh something right yeah, and, and something I, I think that's yeah. how that goes and uh, age-old thing and that was my trip to italy uh brother it, it couldn't have, couldn't have, couldn't have been better so uh, i feel refreshed and anew and and now here we are uh, catch me up to speed on you buddy yeah i just want to touch on giving a shout out to grandma and grandpa. Cause it's a big deal. You know, that, that matters and they know it. And that's why they do it too. Not just cause they love the grandkids, but they remember when they were in the weeds, so to speak, as we are currently with the babies and work and school and baseball and all that great stuff that we love that we will miss someday. But sometimes it gets hard and monotonous and you kind of can forget why you fell in love with your partner. So getting that trip to Italy, thanks to grandma and grandpa is a big deal you know, and you're right. You get back and you get back home and you, you love each other that much more. Um, so I love that. Uh, that's great. I'm very happy yeah. for you guys.
Debbie and I snuck away for a bang. We snuck away for a date last night. We, uh, I got home from baseball around eight 15 at night. And I said, honey, we're out of water. We've got to go get water. So we ran over, got some water. Yeah, you did. And, uh, and we picked up some cookies for Boaz's birthday. And I go, honey, isn't this great? Like, this is a great date. And she's like, she looked at me. She's like, this is not a date. I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. So I was going to reach was, around a, she I might have been looking, a stroll. Uh, she might have been keeping up with the posts of, of ball game yes. and Mrs. Ball game on it in Italy. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this is not a date. Uh, she gave me some side eye. Uh, and then she laughed, but it is what it is. You know, we're, we're in the thick of it a little bit. So we got to find time her and I, once this season ends, we gotta, we gotta get out and, uh, yeah, do what you guys did. That's great. Prioritize but, it. Yeah. yeah. On the high school front. I mean, a lot has happened since we talked last, these last two weeks, we've reeled off six wins in a row. Um, we wow. are back to back three, a South region champions for the first time in school history. Bang. Um, we beat Sabino, who's our big rival at Sabino for the first time in school history with let's go four freshmen, two sophomore, three juniors, a uh, bunch of babies. And uh, did you yeah. do something? Spe- was there a special, you know, ritual you might have done post game since oh, it was yeah. the first I'll in send school you the history? Video. I'll send you the video. We did it. There we was... did our typical champagne spray with Sprite, uh, <laughs> but we did it. We did it right. You know, we, we do it just like they do in the show. You win a championship, you celebrate and you, you're spraying yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, so we did that right. on the field. I've got the video. I'll send that to you after this, but yeah, we, uh, we're in a really good spot. We, uh, we beat three teams in the top 10 of the state. And our last game on Friday was the best game um, that multiple people have ever seen at the high school level. We pulled off a grand illusion, which is a fake pick to second shortstop dive, second baseman dive center fielder, right fielder look like they're coming in to get the ball. It gets by him and they go to the gap and the pitcher has the ball all along. We pulled that off. It worked. We got the guy out at second on that. Um, we were down one to zero and we had an RBI double in the bottom of the sixth with a runner on first, even though they were in no doubles shout out to Andres Castro. He hit it so hard in the gap. They couldn't stop it. Jude Luckow flying around from first to tie it. That's courtesy runner. Brandon Taylor steals second. They throw it away. And that's how we take the lead in the bottom of the sixth with all with two outs. He scores on the overthrow. Um, and he's been working really hard on his jump. So I'm really proud of him that he was able to do that and have the confidence to take third. Now, those folks may not know the catcher gets the ball to third 0.3 seconds faster than he does to second base, which is six feet at least, uh, according to my wife, who's our speed and power coach. Uh, for every 0.25 seconds is six feet. So 0.3 is even less time that you have because that catcher's getting it there faster. So he got a good, he had good, good, mem- good momentum, stole third, they threw it away. We gave up the we get we had the lead two to one in the bottom of the or top of the seventh with two outs, nobody on. They go double, two strike single to tie it two to two. And then we come back and we score in the bottom of the seventh. It's a walk-off with a two-out single by Noah Miller. And uh the boys were partying. They were throwing Gatorade, they were celebrating. That was the number three team in the state. Uh, and now we flipped them. So now we're in the we're in the top four. They're out of the top four. They're a great team. We're gonna see them again. Uh, Yuma Catholic, tremendous team coached by a tremendous coach and Judd. Um, and Judd's a great guy. So we're we're expecting to see them again in a couple of weeks. But now we've got two home games. Um, we've got one on May 2nd and May 6th, and the boys are fired up. So it's a blessing and a curse, coach, because we have uh we have like 12 days off, right? Ooh. Which you know when you're hot, you don't want days off. Sure. So I told the babies we're gonna start some traditions because I got a hunch we're gonna be in this spot for the foreseeable future. Um, and this 12 days is not going to be something we're going to be dreading. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a formal dinner on Thursday night, this Thursday, suit and tie. And that's, 
Hey, suit and tie. And that's going to be draft night for the big game on Friday. And we're going to do a full on scrimmage on Friday. Yes. You Your are. boy, Coach Chop, is going to be in this game. Yeah. Uh, projected to go top three in the draft. I would say uh, so. And we're having yeah. a draft. It's going to be my two head assistant coaches coaching it each game. They're doing the draft and we're going to have the whole deal. Like with the first round on the clock, like handing out jerseys, we're doing it right. So we're going to create a tradition of something really fun that the boys look forward to like the Thursday night draft, the Friday scrimmage. Then we're going to grill out under the lights after the game on Friday night, just stay at the ball field until the neighborhood kicks us out. Count, sound, kind of sounds like you need to fly a coach ball game into uh, uh PA announce this, this scrimmage. And and that might that might need to happen, but I'll be in Alpena, Michigan, oh. uh, doing a uh, doing a sandlot. That's right. Like, There's no way you got a Friday. I off. know, I know. <laughs> well, well, I I I save my weekends for trips, and and man, this weekend I'll be in Michigan. Otherwise, I'd be there. I think I that's great. I was going to ask you how you're going to spend this two weeks, but I think the listener knows by now you are one of the most creative minds in high school baseball. And you you're going to do something epic for these these kids that this this hits on our our first topic, which is a question that a loyal listener uh, threw in. Um, he's got some boys. They're feeling the pressure of six straight losses. Mm-hmm. And you had that you 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 had that slump with your team. And now you're seeing six straight wins um, uh, from our loyal listener a question coach. Uh, they're feeling the pressure, six straight losses. We aren't beating ourselves. We're just getting beat. Uh, the last three games have, have all been a one-run loss. Uh, what's your advice? Now, these guys are, are between the ages of 8, 9, and 10, so they're not quite a, a, a teenagers like, like your boys. But um, I, I do want to say that the, this, this topic, number one, of, of, uh, of kind of feeling the pressure and fear, I mean, just just dive into every episode of every podcast we've done. Um, and we talk about this. We talk about what lens we're, we're looking through. But um, I do see how these kids are falling out of love with the game because they're losing, Coach. So uh, what's your advice? Yeah, I, first of all, I want the kids to know, like, play free, right? Play free. Play free to succeed, free to fail. That's the adjustment we made with our group was I could feel them putting pressure in. Some of that was from us as coaches. So we changed the narrative of like, just play free, dude. Like, let's go out and play free. And I love that our loyal listeners said they're not beating themselves. That's a big deal. Because if you're not beating yourself, process over results. Keep going with the process. They're doing something right if they're not making a ton of errors and they're not walking a bunch of guys and they're putting the ball in play and they're running the bases smart. So one run games, there's beauty in that, right? Um, My message for the coaches is, Make sure the kids know like, hey, y'all did a great job. I just said this to my, my Little League, Boaz's team the other day. They had a 6-2 to two lead. They ended up getting walked off in the 7th. Seven, 7-6, seven to six, they lost. And the other team was going nuts. And our team was over like kind of sad in right field. I was like, boys, a couple different things here. First of all, you guys played a great game. Second of all, you played such a great game that it required them, the other team, to do something really special in the 7th inning. And look at how happy they are. That's a byproduct of your guys playing a great game. They got this special moment. You guys are going to be have that special moment more often than not because you're a great team. But like, don't forget that that process of like, let them have their moment. They earned it. It was really cool. And some of them go to the same school. Like, tell them then tomorrow. Like, hey, I'm proud of you guys. You guys scored five in the seven, dude. That was awesome. You didn't give up and you kept with it, and it was really great. So this group right now that's going through it a little bit, 
it's process over results. You know, it's just keep going, keep grinding. You keep doing your very best. And for our coaches out there, if you want four little nuggets that you can work on, uh, my chart is the beat the game chart that I learned from coach Tim O'Donoghue who taught me when I was 13, but it's throw strikes, right? So we're not walking guys, throw strikes, put the ball in play. So we're not swinging to hit homers. We're swinging to put the ball in play. It's play catch on defense, right? If we collect outs, collect outs, and then it's run the bases smart. You do those four things. It really doesn't matter who you're playing. If you can maximize those four things, you got a really good shot to be in a good position um, to win the game or to allow your opponent to have a great moment. And both things are a win at this age, by the way. Both yes. things are a win. You win or you learn. So yep. I'm encouraged by that. If they're not beating themselves, that's on mom, dad, and the coaches to remind these boys, like, hey, you're at an age right now where every opportunity you get in these close games, there's beauty in that. There's, there is pressure, and that's okay, and you're going to mess up a bunch. Michael Jordan missed 750 game-winning shots. Everyone remembers the 134 he made, but he missed 750 times, right? Jack Nicholas finished second, uh, you know, more times than he finished first by, by like, double. Uh, I couldn't have answered that better. I'll just add this, and you already touched on it with the moms and dads. Uh, make sure the parents are on board with this. Everything's a win. Uh, these six straight losses in 12 years when they've um, failed their uh, college entrance exam three times, they're going to feed back off of this six-game losing streak. Uh, remember how they they stayed with the process uh, and, and stopped focusing on the outcome. Results will cripple you. Uh, thank you, Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence. And, 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 you know, big picture thinking, you got to get everybody on board. You got to get the parents on board uh, so they're – you know, they're feeding, they're feeding them breakfast in the morning, morning, and they're feeding them, uh, that, uh, that, that beautiful knowledge and just that freedom, freedom to fail, freedom to fall flat on your face. It's all beautiful things. So, uh, that's, uh, that, that, that there's a tease there listener. That was, that was, uh, question one from, from one of our loyal Patreons. We got two more that will hit after today's, uh, interview. But um, I'm pretty fired up. I, I see a beard. I, I see, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, there's, a, there's an absolute geyser of, of beauty in, in this man's face, in this man's eyes. Uh, and I'm going to give him a formal introduction uh, at, at, on episode 63. Folks, former major league pitcher, uh, through the 19th perfect game in major league baseball history. There's only been 23. Uh, he's currently broadcasting games for the Oakland A's. And personally, to a man, I think I'm one of the most uh, energetic and uh, big personalities one will ever meet. I'm, I've met my match. I meet my match. I'm challenged by this man. It's Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden snaps for Dallas Braden. Good morning. Uh, he's, he's an engaging um, – Hang and a listen, uh, Chopper. Have you ever uh, have have you run into Mister D Man here ever? We've been on the same field. I don't think we've ever actually met each other. But uh, any every time we were doing in the Bay Series when I was working with the Giants and he was on the field, you you can't miss Dallas. He's he's he is a personality and he's a guy you're going to recognize right out of the gate. Very well respected. He knows the game, loves the game. He's got a passion for people in the game, and you can see it and feel it. Great to meet you, dude. Thanks for being here. 
No, thank you guys for that uh, ridiculously over-the-top, unnecessary <laughs> introduction, <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> well, good to see we can have a laugh here. That's, that's Let's good. go. That's good. <laughs> well, buddy, didn't, didn't you get in late? You had a late 10-inning uh, game last night or what? Uh, well, actually, I was fortunate enough to be able to spend some time with the family last night. We did not have the game, the A's. We did not have the call. That was a, a Fox game. So I got to hang out with uh, with my daughters in the hot tub, watch the first yes. few innings of the ball game and, uh, you know, family, family dinner and got to put the girls to bed and all that. So uh, today is a different day, though. We got uh, we got a ball game today and I will be on that call. I love it. Were you in the hot tub like giving home run calls? Because, I mean, they went nuts last that night. That was unbelievable, right? I mean, uh, Brent Rooker, Jesus Aguilar, first time that ace players have ever gone back-to-back twice in the same game. Insane. That's a gem. Yeah, that was was very solid. So, yeah, ton of fireworks there. Um, It was was an incredible game. A lot of back-and-forth action, uh, unfortunately, for Halos fans. It did not work out, but... uh, but yeah, it was it was hey. a great game. Beautiful. I had that game on. I got home from practice. I flipped that game on, and then on the low, I was on Valley Sports because y'all didn't have the call. Uh, so I had that broadcast on. Otherwise, you know, I'm watching my guy Dallas. But but uh, bang. But so I get on there, and then the Lakers score flashes down below, and I mean, I'm Southern California tried and true, and so I had to switch over to that Laker game. Epic finish in that Laker game in overtime. So I didn't know who won the game last night. Oh, um, understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. yeah, that was that was ridiculous <laughs> as well. Yeah, but. Uh, it, uh, great sports night, right? Great sports night. Mm-hmm. Big it, time. It was, I was very, I was very lucky just to be at home taking yeah. in the ball game with the, uh, with the family. That's a win. Yes. Yeah. Uh, dad game, hundred percent right there. Way to go. Um, well, listener, uh, I'm at Dallas at a, at a, a baseball influencer, uh, shindig that Easton put on years ago. And what I've, what I found there at that, baseball influencer convention where we met John boy and I met Jared. Um, I, I want to get his last name, right? Is it Carabas? Uh, yeah. Carabolus, Carabinus, <laughs> however you would like to, however. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah. Carabas, Jared Cross, my guy. Oh, great guy. <laughs> great folks. And, uh, Chris Rose was there, uh, the, the whole gang. And, and what I found out is that this group of, I mean, I don't know if I love the word influencer, whatever you want to call it, that us baseball lovers who are on social media. And if you love baseball, we probably pop up on your feed. It's kind of a small, intimate group. And we all just got along. We all had chips on our shoulders for one reason or another uh, about our game and the direction it was going. And I think we've all done a ton to bring that new generation into the game um uh, let's start there you know where i met you i've also met you at uh at a war stick event where they opened up their uh their convention and i got a little there's another tease i got another tease about uh about uh about war stick later on man just teasing all day um but yeah what'd you think of that event that was the first one i'd been to yeah, I, I mean, stuff like that is awesome. And it's great when you have companies that are endemic to our sport that have sort of seen the light and they understand that, you know what, we can try to carve out our own niche. And Easton is, I mean, look, they're, they're extremely well-established. They are a major player in the world of sports and in the world of baseball specifically. 
So when companies like that acknowledge the, the ability to get together with folks and not try to outshine certain and, and make it a team effort, a collective effort, you can see a lot of positive happen very quickly. And in my opinion, that is what happened. That's what that was all about was we've got folks from YouTube, folks from video game streaming worlds, right? Uh, just everywhere in between. We had Coogs there. I don't know if uh, Fuzzy was there. Um, th- There's just a ton of folks from all walks of the baseball life that just love the game and want to see it flourish, want to see it do well. And meeting you was really exciting because I've always known and understood that you have to start somewhere. Whatever it is you're doing, there's a starting point. And there's something that tips that off. There's something that ignites that fire. And whether it's going to a ball game, whether it's watching a ball game or hearing a story and then going out and playing catch, you're getting smoked in the face with the ball because you don't know what you're doing. But you know what? The taste of blood excited you and you want more. And now you want to learn how to catch and you want to work off the tee with mom or dad or whoever's willing to put the balls on the tee for you. And that's where you come in. And being able to just being able to feel that energy in that room. And then, you know, you bring in major league ball players. You know, we had, we had Ramon Laureano was a guy uh, that was there. I, I forget the Delino over there. Yeah. Delino yep. was there. So just all of that energy in the same room, it was, it was like, uh, it, <laughs> it was almost like an underground meeting. Like, you know what? I know we're in a good place. I know that the chips that we all came here with on our shoulders justifiably so we're all going to be able to chip away at each other's chips because of the energy we have and that was kind of like me knowing you know you know what baseball's in a good spot here and five years down the road i am i can safely say as a uh, loyal employee of mlb as the ambassador of play ball now that they 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 took notice of us they took notice of the chips on our shoulders and and they're doing something about it. They That's they really great. are. They're trying to make moves forward to bring in that next generation. And they're kind of allowing us a little more leeway to grow their game, grow that game, which is really all we wanted uh, in the first place. Uh, this is where I want to start. And uh, Chopper, I'll, I'll throw it to you after this first question for Dallas. But uh, who was who was your guy? Uh, you, you You were born in Phoenix but you grew up in Stockton, California, one of the most beautiful places in the world. That's right. Uh, I, I believe. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, who taught you uh, to love baseball? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd be lying if I say I probably wasn't a kid who, you know, my, my dad put the ball in my hand early. Um, and then from there, just because of, you know, some life, life stuff, um, my mom and my grandmother continued to water that seed. And I mean, it's funny. I was just, I was just at the zoo uh, or the aquarium in Dallas actually, which is basically like a zoo. They got all kind of cool stuff there and they've got a, you know, cool flamingo exhibit. And my grandma used to tell me, Hey, like a flamingo, like a flamingo up on one leg, right. Trying to get me to understand the leg lift. Like, and so we would play catch and she would be out there. And I mean, she could probably, and this is back when she was, you know, 40s, 50s, but she could probably stand there and hold her leg there for like 15 seconds, you know? 
solid and she would just yell like a flamingo do it like a flamingo Dell. so my grandmother my mom um and i was fortunate enough to have you know i grew up around a set of brothers who i call my brothers to this day their children are my nieces and nephews like that's just that's how we roll and being able to to have them and you know and their parents around it, it was just uh it was really i, I am absolutely a thousand percent a product of it takes a village to raise mm. a child i am that child that was raised by that village and uh i was just lucky enough to have so many people who loved baseball and just loved play for kids in general uh th that i was around but yeah mom and grandma for sure and there's i think that's tease number three we're, uh, we're gonna come full circle with mom and grandma a little later in the conversation um uh but uh i'll send it your way chopper what do you got for our man I want to know a little bit about uh, Bob Melvin. Uh, my question's about like, what's give us a little bit of insight of what makes him such a good leader communicator. I know he's in San Diego now, but I've heard from Nick Hundley from Blake Trinan that this dude uh, was just really special in how he treated the players. And um, I'm curious, give me a little bit of insight of what makes him so kind of so special and so great. So when Bo Mel came over, it was, you know, it was mid season and, uh, Look, yeah, I mean, those those changes, those transitions are never easy for anybody. It doesn't matter what side you're looking at. If you're on the way out, on the way in, a player who's just basically a bystander, right? You don't have much say in that. Um, but the minute he came in, he walked in the room, got everybody together, and made it very clear that, you know, he was here as part of a transition. He understood everybody's situation. And if he didn't, he was going to get to know you and get to understand your situation so that the tough decisions that were inevitably ahead we're going to be able to be made with information and with a feel as opposed to really just kind of looking at you as a number you know and that was the first sign that things were going to be a little different mm -hmm. and for me 24 hours later brought into the room what do you got who do we got here what what kind of energy do we have here what kind of clubhouse is this right and he wanted to know and he wanted to know about players. He wanted to know about work ethics. He wanted to know about everything. Clubhouse guy. He wanted to know. He just wanted to be filled in. And I'm not the only guy that he had those kind of conversations with. So he did his due diligence. And that was, again, one of the first realizations I had where, you know what? This is going to be different. I can already feel a level of expectation changing. And, and I will always say one of the biggest and it's 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 a regret, but there's nothing I could do about it. Uh, one of the biggest regrets for me was never being able to take the ball and pitch for Bob Melvin. Mm -hmm. I would have much rather my arm ended up laying on that Coliseum mound for for a guy like Bob Melvin because of what he was, what he is about, but what he, at least what he stirred up in me. Because I, I am when it comes to playing the game and it comes to getting outs and it comes to competing. I'm much more of a no nonsense, no excuses. It is what it is. And let's compete your best, my best. You know, one of us is going out on the shield at the end of the day. Let's enjoy everything in between. And I, I just, you kind of get that vibe from him. I love that answer. And I love that for leaders out there and coaches out there, there's a lot to, to learn from that of like, don't just come in there and it's my way or the highway. No, get to know your guys, like get to know your group, ask some of the leaders that are there. Um, and then you love that as the player, because you're like, dude, I'm hurt. I'm, I, he's listening to me. He cares. He wants to know that's the same with Dave Roberts, right? Like some of these great leaders yes. where 
everyone knows that they're, first of all, we're all in this together. Yeah, he'll make the final say, but he's going to make it with information. Um, he's going to make it with maybe some of the stuff that's immeasurable, not just the numbers. Uh, yeah. I love that. Doc is, and like Doc is a great comparison. He's a great, because I, I always tell a story, like the comfortability that Doc gives you the minute yes. that you talk to him, the minute that you meet him. You know, we were, <clears throat> this was when I was with, uh, I, th I think I was with ESPN, but I was down in his office, you know, we're talking before the game and it's just, it's me, our producer, Doc, uh, Sandy, Sandy Koufax, Mr. Koufax mm -hmm. and Mr. Yeah. Newcomb, right? And, yeah. and, and Doc leaves and he's like, Hey, you guys, well, he didn't need to say anything to Sandy or he's like, you know, you guys are good. Dallas, I'm going to be out. I'll catch you on the field. And he just left me and these two like baseball gods legends. Yeah. In this, in the, in his office to just talk like what, you know, and, and I always like that conversation with those guys, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I'm the last person that should have been in that room with those dudes, but in that room because of doc and the comfortability and his ability to just say, we're all baseball guys here, man. How about it? Enjoy and yeah. make you that comfortable. I love that. I love that. I always say like people forget there's a heartbeat to this game. You know what I mean? So oh, it's like oh. the metrics and all that good stuff. And it's great and matchups. And I understand you got to be able to explain it to the media after the game. So I get some of the decisions, but like, don't ever forget there's a heartbeat to this game. So it sounds like Bob Melvin gets that doc gets that uh, you get that. Um, I love that. That's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's very important. Yeah. Build trust. That's what I heard. Build trust yeah. before you, you teach kids how to, you know, hit it to right center or, or throw a, a back door slider, like, like build trust. Well, you know, what, uh, what's your home life? Like uh, how's your mental health that all these things that, you know, we, we heard it from doc, uh, we heard it from Rick Honeycutt. Uh, we heard it, uh, from, from Dallas about, um, uh, what's his nickname? How, what, Bob Bo Mel. With, Bo Mel. Bo I love that. You hit Bo him with Mel. a Bo Mel. Well, too, like, like you said, Dallas too, like then when you have to make those hard conversation and those hard decisions, you know, as a player, like, Hey dude, he didn't just make a, a blank decision. And like, he, he cares about me. If you right. build that relational equity, then when you do have to have those conversations, which will come up in this game one day. You can do it with someone where you're like, hey, I tell this to my high school kids all the time. You know I love you. You know I care about you. doesn't mean I'm not going to hold you accountable or have to make a hard decision. At least right. you know I love and care about you. No, yeah. for sure. For sure. It's I mean, and, and and you have those relationships and eventually, like, you know, you want to get to a point where, where I got Bowmel, you know, leaving me voicemails and texting me, blowing me up. Hey, hey, answer my phone call. I'm trying to fix my scooter. I'm trying to get my scooter fixed. What's going You know what I mean? And 100%. we're not talking about baseball. We're talking about other stuff. And, and yeah. that's just, that's where... That's where the conversations go. That's where the relationships go when the right people have the right idea. Yeah. I got one for you um, on this topic. Uh, we both have big personalities, but I was a little, I was a little indecisive early on about who I was or, or what had I earned the right to be as big of a personality as as I really felt like I was. And it was a coach. It was a baseball coach when I was. 12, 13, 14, who was just, he was this New York uh, guy. And, you know, he just, he made me laugh and he was honest and brutally honest. And uh, he was just an encouragement to me of be you, be, be exactly you. Uh, the honesty and the, the genuine uh, is, is successful. That what, that's what creates a successful man. Was there somebody in your life that that empowered you to be you um 
again, I, I, I hate to be so cliche, but when I say that my mother was my best friend in life, um, I mean that on all fronts because she was the person because it was just her and I, right. It was just her and I, um, so yeah, I had coaches that came and went, I mean, my, my high school coach, if I'm going to answer this outside of my mother, I would say my high school coach, my senior year was probably one of the most impactful people to say, um, be you. And there's a reason that you need to be you because what you have to offer right now is something that nobody else has to offer. You have already lived a life that, that would be fulfilled <laughs> based on some of the things you've gone through up until this point and you've made it this far. So from here on out, right, let's let the right things and the positive things motivate us. It's okay to have that chip on your shoulder, but let's not let that chip start to burn its way into your heart and into your soul. And let, let's not let that be the motivator, right? You have some good things to offer, but it's okay to just be you and let that, let that out. And he challenged me and he challenged me because I was a knucklehead in high school. I only played two years of high school baseball and one of them was my senior year. And it was because of the challenges he presented me with. And it was almost like a, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. I know you can do this. I don't think you have it in you though. Kind of mm -hmm. like, I, I know you have it in you, but I'm going to make you prove it. And that was sort of the very beginning of, I don't want to say the beginning of, but that was really when me responding to those sort of challenges really, really took off. But he always, you know, he used to laugh at me because I would wear my hat a certain way. I did this in high school. I had my, you know, my hat low and I would try to bend my bill or flatten my bill a little so I could see the runner over at first and try to pick guys off. And, you know, he would ask, what are you doing? What do you, he was an old Vietnam vet, you know, so he's not, he, he wasn't up on game, if you will. So uh, <laughs> let me be me in itself, especially 17-year-old Dal, trying to be 17-year-old Dal. That was a very different dude than the one we're talking to right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can say without him, um, things would probably be very, very, very different. Yeah, and that came at a tough time for you, uh, losing your best friend, your mom, uh, in high school. Um uh, we, we got on a, a call together. We did a, an Instagram live and, and you, uh, we, you went pretty deep on it. Um, it, it comes full circle, uh, in your baseball career and, and we'll get to that with the perfect game. But, um, uh, did baseball save you, uh, in, in that time? It saved me period, period. The game of baseball saved me. It was, Again, it was introduced to me at a very early age. And from there, it was everything that I ever did. It was what I did. It was what we did as a family. My mom moved us from one area of town to another so I could be in this certain little league because I was already showing signs of being good, making all-star teams. And then you have parents who, believe it or not, yes, are out there willing to put somebody else's fire out, even at the cost of the experience for the child, you know, Hey, he doesn't live in our district. He's at a district. This team's ineligible. Blah, blah. So we had to move so that that didn't happen. Um, and that was again, the first sight of, or the first sign of my mom willing to fully commit whatever she could to, to my dream at eight years old. This is my dream. And here's my mom packing up, town like the clampets and we're, we're heading to the other <laughs> side of town right um so so it, it has always been the saving grace and again the motivating factor in high school being a, a knucklehead like i said 
two years of baseball were taken away from me by myself, not from anybody else, by me. And the only way I was going to get the life that I wanted, the way that I was going to take care of my grandmother, take care of my mother, you know, the only way I was going to get a baseball card is by getting to the big leagues, right? The only way I get a poster is by getting to the big leagues. The only way you get in a video game is by getting to the big leagues. That's those fact. were all the things that I wanted. Those were those were it. Those were I want to be on a poster. I want to open up these cards and see my face. I want to get this video game. Like I want to be on the cover of that thing. I want to be that good. So I guess I got to go to class. I guess I got to stop doing this other dumb stuff. So let's figure it out. And what helps that? Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. Baseball is there. That's why and I say I always say the game giveth. It does. And and again, this is a mostly a, a, a podcast for young coaches out there or parents of uh, athletes. And if if you can just teach love of play and just get get them wanting to come back tomorrow, they're going to it's going to save them down the road from from dark things. If they can just be a part of a team, whatever team, whatever sport that might be, just yes. teach love of play. Whatever sport, teach the play. I'll tell you, here's an example of that. Jimmy, uh, yesterday, right, I, I, as you guys know, I like baseball. I'm a fan. I like softball. Decent games. I enjoy them. We're walking down the aisle at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, and, you know, my, my girls, they both have gloves, and I'm showing them the gloves, you know, showing them different gloves and putting them on. We start playing catch in the aisle, and, you know, I start taking them over by the bats, and my oldest daughter sees soccer balls out of the corner of her eye. Boom. Gone. I mean, just gone out of here, down the And did we walk out of there with a bat? No. Did we walk out of there with a, a an extra glove that they, that they don't need? No. Softballs? No. Did we walk out of there with six different soccer balls and cones? And yes, we did. Yes, we did. Because that's where she was at. That's and that's what they're doing right now, right? So the game, the game can wait. The game can wait. And if it if it's waiting for a long time and it never develops into the love and then you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because they're blossoming into the flowers that they're going to become. And all, all I need to do is water that mm -hmm. water. Big that. Time. I don't need about change. I don't need to worry about changing the flower bed. I just, I'll just water it. hundred percent. No, well done. Yeah. My girls are dancers all the way and I'll spend 12 hours at a dance competition, but I know that them on the, in the spotlight in front of a bunch of people trying to do this dance they've memorized with nine other girls. When I think big picture, that's a high leverage moment that they are uh, tackling head on. And that's going to help them down the road in life uh, when it matters. So uh, change your life coaches, you know, as far as changing the game. Yeah, sure. But uh, change a life that, that means more. Um, so you get drafted out of high school. Uh, but you decide to go to college and you went to a, a, the one and only American River College in Sacramento uh, instead. Uh, second year of college, you go to Texas Tech and then you were ready uh, to, to go 24th round by the A's. Why college first? Why not just take that 46 round money with the Braves and go? Yeah. Because at that point, as you know, you are paying to go play baseball. They're not paying you to play baseball. Uh, and that was actually during a phase called the draft and follow phase that no longer exists. And uh, you can read up more about that uh, if you're interested. But it, take home messages. The Braves owned my rights. I couldn't sign with anybody else. And then when the next draft came, if they wanted to sign me, 
they had the opportunity to if they didn't want to do that i went back in the draft pool with all the other guppies hmm. so what happened was i was drafted i was 5'9 140 pounds my senior year in high school soaking wet in a full cotton uniform i was not a physical presence by any stretch i needed to mature physically i needed to mature mentally uh the longtime legendary mlb scout jay harrison was the individual who drafted me at that time in my living room explaining to me you're five nine you're 140 pounds you need to mature blah 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 blah. and so i knew the next and he said and he explained it very candidly look the more eyes on you the better the more that you can challenge yourself to get bigger and to understand life a little better because he was very well aware of everything i had gone through losing my mother and so he j- he basically challenged me to the same thing that my high school coach had challenged me. I I I bet you right now, right? Can you grow? Can, and here's where you're going to do this. More sets of eyes on you. Go to junior college, and it was frankly again because my knuckleheadedom had continued to follow me. I wasn't Division One eligible. I couldn't go to a California state school, not only because I wasn't D1 eligible, but I didn't take the SAT. I didn't have money to pay to go take a test to go to school again. That wasn't happening. So JUCO, here we come, baby. And I was baby. a JUCO. Ba- here was a J- and I was a JUCO bandit. And and I have always said, coaches, parents, please, if baseball, if baseball is what you're thinking about, is where you're at in life right now with your child, if that's the path, please understand that junior college, junior college, is not a stepping stone. It can be a launching pad. For Mm -hmm. success if you allow it to be if you utilize the mechanics the way that they are intended to if you take advantage of the opportunities that are there in junior college it doesn't have to be just a stepping stone it can be a launching pad to the next level if you allow it to be if you have the mindset that it can work for you that way d1 is d1 d3 is d3 ni naia is naia it's all an opportunity to further your education, to further your skill set, and to continue to get that much closer to the dream. Bang. Timestamp. That will be going on my MySpace page a little later on. Uh, I'll clip that for you on MySpace. Still friends with Tom, by the way, on MySpace.com. Uh, uh, I mean, that. there you go. And what I heard from those two individuals, your high school coach and your uh, Mr. Russell, was it? Uh, who who was your Harrison? Uh, Harrison, Harrison the, your, oh, the, the scout. scout. Yeah, Jay Harrison. Jay Harrison. Um, they found the key that that kind of unlocked you. Like they built trust with you, and they they knew how you were going to hear them. They they had built that trust. I mean, it, they had they had to build that trust with a knucklehead, uh, 19, 20 year old, uh, for you to be able to hear them. So they did that. So there's another one for you, coaches and parents, uh, of why you need to build that trust. So you can actually un- unlock, uh, find the right key, unlock, get them to hear you. Um, and, and, and then you're on the right path. So two years of college, you, you make it, uh, at 20, 24th round with the A's, and you work your way up uh, the, the minor leagues in hitting in the sh- you hit the show in 07. Uh, was there was there a mentor there from those minor leagues to the major league uh, debut? Um, somebody that that found that key to unlock you as well. Um, 
yeah, one one of the guys, he was our our farm director at the time, Keith Littman, a guy who I refer to as Captain. 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 Uh, and the big league pitching coach now, Scott Emerson, was my pitching coach in A-ball. And he saw, because I was asking questions that maybe some other guys weren't. And I was asking if we could do some things that other guys weren't asking about. And I was sort of demanding help because I walked into this professional world with that chip on my shoulder. I'm a 24th round draft pick. Everybody else on my team was drafted several rounds ahead of me. And everybody that's playing my position, and even more specifically, a left-handed pitcher on this team, was drafted way before I was. So I know what I need to do to get better. I need you to want to help me out. And all it took was that one conversation and my pitching coach, Scott Emerson, was all the way in. I mean, sending guys to go take video of our next opponent. We were color coding hitting charts, hot and cold zones, back when we didn't have software to do that, and we're just doing it based on numbers. And he's putting this stuff in his computer, and we're printing these sheets out, and this is what I'm looking at, you know, because this is what I wanted. This was what I was willing to do, though, is come in early, stay late, and put this kind of work in. And so I was met with somebody who was willing to do that did that himself. And when you fast forward and realize he's now been the big league pitching coach for seven, eight years, you don't wonder why, because he's willing to put that work in. He cares. He cares about the player. He cares about the game. He cares about the art. He wants everybody interested in it to just get better and to be better. And again, falling in somebody's lap like that, that matters. And Keith Lippman, uh, a guy who, again, just sort of understood the rough road that I had traveled and was a very soft and warm landing spot um, emotionally, but was very, very straightforward in the messaging. And again, no frills, no nonsense, warm, caring, but going to let you know what the business is. I respond well to that. And he was, I mean, he's that guy. He's a guy that when he just retired, you know, I made sure he understood how big of an impact he had on my life and on my career. Like, you know, I was trying to do some things in my community as a minor leaguer. And he, even when I first got to the big leagues and I wasn't telling anybody about this, there wasn't on social media or anything like that. And he brought me into his office one day and had a newspaper clipping. It was like, why aren't you telling me about this? Like, is this who you really are? You know, cause I would try to feed my community and, Eventually, we got to a point where we had a, a ton, literally a metric ton of food donated after year after year, and we were feeding these people. And, you know, I was a rookie when I was doing this, and, and Lip was like, hey, you need to tell somebody about this. We want to help you. We want to, and I'm like, well, you Let's know, go. this is just stuff that I do. This, and he was like, well, this is stuff that people need to know about because if this is who you are, pe- and, you know, so he just, he just, he had my back. I love the brutal honesty. The message was was brutal honesty, but we talk about this a lot, Chopper. Uh, kids, teenagers, uh, young people, they pick up your vibe. They hear your tone way more than they actually hear the actual wording. So you obviously, you you felt this vibe of love, warmth, care, and you were willing to listen to the brutal, honest message because of that. A lot of times it get we're backwards with that, and and the, the the tone is militant and sergeant and loud, and and they turn you off right away. You're you're gone. You're done. So, um, uh, 
that leads me to the 19th perfect game ever thrown in major league history. There's only been 23 uh, total. I mean, we've already kind of documented this, this 140 pound uh, knucklehead uh, who finds himself in the Coliseum throwing a perfect game. Chopper, do you know what day, do you know what holiday this perfect game was, was thrown? I thought it was mother's day, but I'm not sure. Uh, You are correct. It was gone. Mothers That's, that makes it that much better knowing your story. That's crazy. Day and That's Chopper, crazy. one of the biggest baseball fanatics I know, didn't know that story. No. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't either. Wow. Um, you lose your mother when you were 19, 17, 17. <laughs> your grandmother takes you under, uh, and Flamingo. I don't know if she was yelling Flamingo that day, mm-hmm. but. She was she was first row. I I take it. Uh, she, yeah, there's she a is, there's a story here. Yeah, yeah. She she was actually. Um, I mean, where she used to come to the games every day that I pitched, um, and she sat in the family section with everybody else. Um, but at the end of this game, and my grandmother is a baseball nut, loves baseball. She knew what was going on, right? She knows what's up. So after the eighth inning, she came down from her seats in the family section and just wanted to stand in the front row, right? But she climbed up on the dugout. And, yes. the, and the security guards, legend. the ushers, they know her, right? Yeah, yeah. One security guard who had, like, you know, migrated over and had switched over and was working this area right now for whatever, was like, hey, ma'am, you can't be. And the ushers and our, like, our head of security, Dave Renetti, but beautiful human, was just yeah. like, hey, 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 let her go. Let nice. her go. So nice. – she watched part of that game from the top of the dugout, like that's just amazing. leaning, standing, sitting on the top of the dugout. That's so good. And, uh, and that's why, honestly, after the game, I'm, you know, I'm walking back over to the dugout and I'm kind of like, I'm looking for my grandmother and I, cause I'm, I know what section to look at. Cause I, you know, she was my, you know, and coaches talk about this too. You try to, you know, clear the mechanism. Mm-hmm. And you're you're finding your focal point to reset. Well, on my day at home, I knew where I could look, right? And I knew where my grandma was. And I knew like that's just take a deep breath, go touch some grass on the back of the mound, lock in on Gran, and let's go get an out. And so I, I'm looking for her and she's not there. And I'm like, oh, hold on. Where's this old lady at? Like, keep track of her. <laughs> like you gotta put a bell on her, otherwise, good luck. So I can't find her. I can't track her. And then she's already, she's like, oh yeah, I was on the dugout right here. Like she's in, she's now on the field. And I'm, and so like, yeah, just the, the overflow of emotion, but uh, yeah. A nutty, nutty. And uh, I, I mean, I think the question I have for that day, and it might be grandma on the dugout, but what's the, what's the one moment that, that stands out more clearly than any other for you from that day? Um, do you have one? Yeah, just just um, the 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 embrace and the look in her eye. Hmm. Um, uh, because it was just it's not a day that uh, you know it wasn't a day that we celebrated a ton. It wasn't a day that um, that we got to enjoy a lot. And that was uh, that was the baseball gods giving us Mother's Day back. Mm. Wow. And she could feel that and. I could feel her feel that, you know, cause she lost her only daughter and mm. she had to kind of become a mom and she didn't 
want to become a mom. She didn't need to become a mom. She had raised four kids already and, you know, lived enough trials and tribulations for 10 lifetimes. And now here she was strapped with this little idiot who won't figure it out and can't pull his head out. And now, and now here we are, you know, mm. and I, I could just feel her and I could see in her eyes that that was like a, a, a day that, you know, she kind of a, a day of rebirth. Mm. It's beautiful. Chopper. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you, I, I was going to ask a baseball question. I don't know how you transition from that. That's, I mean, I have my grandmother over my, in my office here, uh, like a artist pencil rendering of her. Cause she, we didn't call her Nan. We called her the Nan. Love She's the goat. Love, and love uh, yeah, my other grandma didn't love that title, but uh, so be it. <laughs> it is what it is. There's levels, you know, rankings come out. Um, <laughs> uh, if you don't like it, play better. But uh, the Nan is like, literally, like, I'm looking at her smiling right now. So I to, to feel that moment for you with mom looking down from above and like you, that rebirth is incredible. So I'm going to transition from that. No, understood. Um, that's incredible. I'll just say uh, one, go, I'll just, go, it, Chris, one, but it's just it, the thing you remember what it wasn't words. It was a look. It was just yeah, a yeah. look. And uh, like music, it really taps into my history. Uh, when I throw on, you know, the nineties mix, man, I'm right. I'm right back on my bicycle riding around in my, uh, you know, uh, backyard listening to Hootie and the Bowfish cracked review. I'm right there again. I'm 13 ready to, you know, get on the mound and, and pitch my, little league game uh but looks like the the you can remember somebody's eyes you can remember the look they give and again the vibe that you're putting out as a parent as a coach uh in the driver's seat of your car after an 0 for 5 and your kids back there the looks you give them um they'll remember it when they're 40 years old so um you know beware chopper yeah question i've got for you uh and I've, I've asked this question to a couple guys. Um, obviously, I was raised under the Dave Duncan thought of get ahead, stay ahead, use your head, right, for pitchers. And now I've got this high school team with my guys. Um, I asked Max Scherzer about this. He said, get two strikes within three pitches, which I love, which is a very similar concept. Um, what is something that you kind of held on to in that forced contact or whatever the case might have been where you were looking, at, especially now in high school, because there's, at least in Arizona, there's pitch counts, right? So I've got my studs that, are out of pitches in the fifth and it's because they're going three, two to the seven, eight, nine hole. Um, but what was it for you um, outside of being a Flamingo, which by the way, I was huge on too, as a left-handed pitcher. Like <laughs> I, I lived in my balance when I knew that was a spot of comfort. And if I could get there and separate on time, everything would work out. Um, but what was it for you? <clears throat> uh, the best pitch in baseball has always been still is, and will always be strike one. That yes, is sir. the best pitch in baseball. And you can dive into the numbers and that's what you'll do as you get older and you realize the chances and the success rates of 01 as opposed to 10 converting the 11 is the most important count in baseball one or excuse me but strike one is the most important pitch in baseball the being comfortable being uncomfortable is a lesson that we need to get used to not only in life but especially in the game of baseball because this is a game that is testing you to see how you're going to respond to the inevitable failure. This isn't about being as successful as you possibly can. It's about processing the failure as well as you can. That's what the game of baseball is all about. So if you understand that, then you realize that you're going to have to tap some other folks into this, which so means good. the players behind you. I need the shortstop to be great. How is he great? He's great 
when I am creating game flow. He's great when there is pace to this game and he's making plays. He's not great when it's 3-1, 3-2, and the at-bat is taking minutes. That's that's not what these other guys are, are here for. They're here for action. Action comes with you filling up the strike zone. So absolutely, strikes in two out of the first three, no doubt. I'm going to need the first one to be a strike, though. There's no negotiation on that. And from there, being comfortable allowing the defense to do their job. Right. Knowing when to. Yeah. And I think high school level is when we start to uh, understand and start to conceptualize hunting the strikeout in certain situations, what the defensive alignment is telling us to do here yeah. or what the game of baseball is giving us and what it's asking us to do in these certain situations. Right. That's when we start to have those conversations. But yes, first and foremost, strike one, the best pitch in baseball. You cannot do anything working from behind. You cannot hunt. That's the mentality that you have to have on the mound. You are the hunter. You are not the hunted. The ball is in your hand. So you got to have a game plan. I love that. Uh, I wrote down on my board here, processing the failure better than anyone. And that is, that's one of my favorite things I've ever heard anyone say. Um, I'm really big on how you're going to respond. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, you made an error. You, you walked a guy, you struck out. It's over. Like, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond as a teammate of that guy that failed? Are you going to come around him? Are you going to know him well enough to know that he's a put your arm around guy, or maybe he's a leave alone guy, but a tap on the, on the thigh to be like, Hey bro, I, you're good. You got this. No, I mean, know your guys. Um, and then as the individual, I vividly remember in Milwaukee, uh, Pablo Sandoval making an error and, I'm in the video room doing replay and everyone's all pissed off. And I'm like, my thought was like, I can't wait to see how Pablo responds. Cause he's a warrior mm -hmm. and his next day be three run Homer. So he allowed her, he allowed a run, but then in the eighth, he hits a three run Jack. Like, give me that guy. Give me that mindset, right? Yes. Processing the failure of like, all right, bet I get, I get another opportunity to do something. But it's, um, it's just, it's that initial understanding that this is the world so that good. you have chose to exist yeah. in. All right. If you, if, if you want to be, if you want to be rewarded consistently with success, there might be a different route to take because what you're going to be rewarded with here is your ability to, again, process the failure, but your ability to just become more efficient in your failures. It's yeah. th That's why the home run is something to celebrate. That's why the yeah. big punch out in a big spot is something to celebrate because those are really, really hard things to do. Even at even at younger levels, and we can get into the you know the bat flip blah blah, but but that is number one, being as comfortable as you possibly can, understanding that this is about inevitable failure and how you process that, not about the success that's due to come. And when you hunt that 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 strike one, like a uh, Tony Gonsolin, excellent pitcher, right? Well, his first couple of years with the Dodgers, when I was there with him. He would nibble, dude. And he would be in two o three one counts left and right, and give up damage. So. The message I had for him is like, hey, go look at how many solo homers Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw have given up. It's a lot, right? Because they're hunting strike one, dude. There and like, is. that's the sign of a Hall of Fame pitcher, in my opinion. There like, give up a solo jack, dude. Don't walk, mm -hmm. guys. Force no. contact. Well, you, you just don't ever want to put it. If you're going to beat me, it's going to be because it's going to be because you beat me. Yeah. I'm not going to allow you the first three moves of our checkers match. Right. No. What? No. I love it. That doesn't make any sense to anybody. And that's exactly what I do when I start 1-0, 2-0, a guy yeah. on first base, 
Because if I start, if the party starter reaches first base, that guy's going to score. And if you let somebody else with two outs get to first base, that guy's going to score. Yes. I don't know why. The baseball guy. Ask them. But that's how it goes. So why would you flirt with that? I love it. You get it. That's old school, yeah. Coach Ballgame. That's what a old school. My what God. a connection to real life, too, man. I'm, I'm, my, my marriage is going to be better if I process the failures better than <laughs> anybody else. You know, my, you know if I, I'm going to be a better dad uh, if, if I can go in and apologize after flipping out uh, because they left their socks on the couch. You know, I, uh, I, I do know this. My daughter, uh, she will submit to me under one condition solely and that's after i've apologized to her about something then yeah. bang then i get some submission because she's well, she strong-willed yeah she did well she just wants to know that there's i mean even if it's not a level playing field between us are you gonna give me some semblance that like we're kind of seeing eye to eye here just give me a little just a little just, just give me something a little. little something for yeah. the effort um man well listener you feel that 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 full belly you got there uh, that that is a geyser of of knowledge that has just gone down the esophagus into the digestive system it's not pasta it is it's it's great food great knowledge um we always end our our interviews with a little trivia and this is a first coach uh we uh i have my first sponsor the official bat and glove of Coach Ball Game is our friends at Warstick. Yeah, it is. And uh, I'm telling you, dude, it, uh, it it it's it's kind of nice to be very picky with what I do. Uh, but I love those dudes. Uh, me, uh, I saw Dallas get down there in Dallas, Texas, and throw uh, cheddar cheese uh, on off the mound uh, at that event. And I uh, uh, so there's a there's a discount code, fifteen percent off at the Warstick uh website at a boy 15 uh go get Love you a that. bat get you a glove uh chopper we got our first sponsor episode bang. 63 it only took 63 episodes we need bang so. why is bang not but in their energy drink bang like we bang. say bang enough for bang golly it will be missed opportunity um, by bang okay uh it, it i'll ask the question and um and answer it as fast as you can dallas Ooh. and try and try and beat chopper to the punch here this okay. is uh this is Dallas, aka uh the D Beard. Uh <laughs> this is a trivia from his life and Oakland A's trivia. So um yeah, we talked about the perfect game. Uh number one here. Uh who's the only other uh Oakland A to throw a perfect Jeff game? Catfish Hunter. Correct. One nothing Dallas Braden. A lot of good pitchers came through Oakland. No Dave Stewart. Oh. Only one catfish, baby. You got that right. <laughs> Only one. You catfish. Sure, got that right. <laughs> uh, one nothing. If you're keeping okay. score at home, yeah, listeners, quick. You know? <laughs> hey, get ahead. Strike one. Bang. That's it, baby. Strike <laughs> one. Uh, who's the only other friend of this podcast to throw a perfect game? David Cone. <laughs> I wish he was. No. Oh. <laughs> this oh. podcast. He's he, he he was you know maybe mid thirties uh episode episode thirty I'm gonna go forty Rick Honeycutt is what I would go with he did not throw a perfect game okay Giant I Matt Kane correct two Kaner what am I doing that's what I'm doing here you got him on the pod that's tragic <laughs> that's I devastating said, but hey you know what I got to process that failure I got to get back in the did. moment 
That's and it. let's go. Two nothing, let's good go. guys. I'm going to tell you guys a great story about Matt Cain when we're done. <laughs> let's hear it now. I want to hear it now. now. I love oh, okay. the so, so he so he comes over. Um, you know, we're we're playing them, and uh, I I sent him a poster. Um, you know, of one of my perfect game posters, and I you know sent it over there. I jokingly, obviously, but yeah. like with this huge whole care package, right? Like a like a Braden jersey, a signed Dope. baseball, and on the poster. I just, I wrote, I was like, you know, when you, when you overlook the fact that you're right-handed and you overlook your, uh, your nine figure contract and the world series championships and, and all the accolades, you and I are pretty much the same guy. So I don't know why everybody's so excited about your perfect game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he just sent, <laughs> he sent a baseball back. Um, Cause I asked him uh, for, for a ball. Cause I wanted his, yeah. you know, and yeah. He sent a ball. He sent two balls, one ball that said, all I heard is blah, 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 blah. My name is Dallas and I suck. (laughs) (laughs) He's sneaky funny, right? He's a great dude, man. Kate is a great guy. Yeah. He, he can have a nice poker face, but I, I, you know, he's one of those sneaky, funny dudes. Yeah. Um, So Dallas, he bet me in Pittsburgh. It was my first year with the giants, uh, 2014. And uh, we're in Pittsburgh and we're in like right center fields, me, Vogie and Matt Kane. And Kaner's like, hey, Chopper, if you make a diving play by the end of BP, I'll give you a thousand bucks. I'm like, Kaner, say less. Like, let's go. <laughs> so like five balls later, uh, Juan Perez hits a low line drive to right center. I'm on my horse, full extension dive, forehand, like legit full extension diving catch, dude. And Kaner's pissed. Not really pissed. He doesn't care. Right. Bogey's pumped. Everyone's <laughs> like, why the hell is the, the replay guy making diving catches in the outfield? And uh, yes. we get in there. So we get paid. Yeah, dude. So he did it every year after that. I was there for five years. And every year after that, he would pick a spot where he'd be like, all right, dude, here it is. The rest of BP. Uh, but it's funny. He was writing the check and he'd be like, $1,000. He's writing. He goes, I just made that uh, right now. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah I just made it again. <laughs> I love Cater, dude. He's great, dude. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, another, uh, there's one guy. Uh, this is our last perfect game question. Um, he has been on the winning side of three perfect games. What? He's still alive. Uh, actually a broadcaster right now. Uh, but who's the one guy? He's an outfielder. He was, he was, uh, he was in the Three? David Cone. He was in the David Cone. He's a perfect game. Yeah. Right. He's a Yankee. He was in the Cone. Here's your other hint. Also in the Browning. Whoa, Tom, Tom Browning, not Paul O'Neill. Now, Paul O'Neill, correct. Yes, Paul oh. O'Neill okay. was the, the right fielder for all wow. three. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, boomer, 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 yeah, huh? Boomer, boomer Wells, David Cohn, and Tom Browning. Let's go. That's the only a cool guy. trivia question. That's a cool uh, trivia question, and you got it right two to one. Right, yeah, I process the failures. I did because I missed Kaner. That's tragic. All right, carry on. Here we go. That's a tough look. <laughs> That's a tough look. Your own guest. Your don't own tell boss, Kaner. Your own teammate. Don't I mean, tell is- Kaner. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did Dallas strike out the most? What player? Ooh, okay. Uh, in his career, guy's still playing. Uh, he's still playing. Really? He really AL is. West opponent. Yep. Okay. He's, oh, oh, uh, uh, he's still he's still in the building. 
He's still he's still playing baseball in the major leagues. Yeah, uh, but he's no longer in the AL West, is he right now? No. 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 He's he's on the Chicago White Sox. He was uh, he was <laughs> he was very prolific. You can make more than one guess. World mm. Baseball Classic. He he was. You saw him a lot in the World Baseball. Miguel Cabrera. No, no, that's no, AL no. West. That's a bad I, guess. It's a bad I guess. Only, I only got Miggy one time looking. Sorry about it. Got him. Whoops. Mm. Uh, Sit in the truck. Uh, that's one not, more than most. Yes. Is it Elvis? Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews. Good. It's, that's good. Good guess. Uh, I, I got what? his autograph on my conga uh, in Dallas uh, at the Warstick event, guess. but that is not. That's correct. a great guess, though. Wow. He's Partial so credit playing. for that guess. Like, because the the reason this is throwing me off is because if I punched you out multiple times and you're still playing seven times, you, you punched him seven times. <laughs> DR. Get... From... DR, dude. I. He's uh, from the DR. That's his initials or he's from the Dominican? No, from the, from the DR. Oh, I and, thought those were his initials. He, he had a, uh, I mean. Why did I? He had a coaching position with the DR in the World Baseball Classic, if I'm not mistaken. But he's still playing. But he's still. Oh, I love this man. He's a great guy. Great quality human. Does a lot of great work in his community back home. Uh, they call him, and they actually still have a hot dog for him in do Texas. You, do you remember all seven of those strikeouts? Probably. Nelson Cruz. <laughs> You got it. The boomstick. The boomstick. Nelson Cruz. Uh, yeah. Nelson Cruz. What a legend. Uh, he's still. Who's he with this year? He, he's. Padres. He's, still, he's with Bowmel. Yeah. Jeez. Um. So there you go. Three one. Uh, a little Oakland A's trivia, and we're out of here. Uh, the last Oakland A to win a Cy Young was who? Huddy. Ooh. Not Huddy. No. Um. Friends of Pod. It was Zito. Yeah, Zito. yeah, he was Barry he Zito. Was Barry okay. Zito. Two episodes ago, we had Barry on, and now he's in Nashville uh, producing music. Uh, yeah. But O two guest. O two. Yeah, we just had him out at uh, the A's fantasy camp. Actually, great, great story, dude. His awesome. great story. Amazing he's got, man. And, and, yeah. and I don't know if you've done a deep dive on his story. Pretty interesting. Well, he's very um, credit to him too because he's been very candid about yeah, just some yes. of the things, some of the emotions that he was going through and dealing with in the transition from, you know, really super uber duper uber star to, you know, yep. dealing with maybe other guys on the team that were garnering that same attention to just trying to fit like just a, a very awesome peel back of the onion layer, pull back of the curtain. Yeah, Z's a great. Yeah. Player. He was super giving on the pod too. He, he he laid it out. He wrote a book about it too, um, which I I own. It's a uh, bedside. The last Oakland A MVP, Jason Giambi. Boom. No, oh, uh, it was Miguel actually Tejada. correct. It was the same Miggy. year they had a Cy Young and an MVP yeah. in O two. Yeah. Miguel Tejada in O two. Giambi in two thousand. Uh, before that, who was it? 1992, uh, the MVP was Conseco. Yeah, Hosey, 40-40. Eck. Eck. Oh! Eckersley. So I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he okay. won the Cy Young and the MVP. What a savage. I think he, he might have in 92 as a flipping closer. He yeah. was he was nice. That's like the prime for like I'm 43. Like 
watching Eck, dude, that was, I mean, he well, was and, nasty. And, and, and I think a lot of people forget how nasty he was Yeah, when he, when he was a young stud. As a he starter. got strike one. Dallas, you better starter. believe he got strike oh. one. Oh, and dude, he was back no sliding you. Like, yeah. like, throw a no-hitter. Like, people. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> good listen, too. Eck. He's a good, he's a good listen. Great dude. Uh, Ricky in 90 and Jose in 88. Ricky, don't lose that number. Henderson, uh, what a legend. I, I, I love the A's. Last one. First all-time and in intentional walks. What what Oakland A? Intentional walks. First all-time. Reggie Mark Jackson. Mark McGuire. Ooh, I like McGuire. Correct. Reggie freaking Jackson Reggie. is correct. Wow. Let's go. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. <laughs> Bang. Straw that stirs the drink. Let's go. Reggie. Um, Reggie. Just had it. He was just in the booth, too. This was like an all-time, is this my life? moment yeah, for me because reggie comes into the booth and before he's coming into the booth because we were celebrating uh celebrating the 73 team he yeah. comes into the booth and before he comes down he goes he goes hey dallas and then he like lifts up his shoe and he's got a pair of jordans on right like like savage green standard on, whatever he's like yeah. look like you like you you know you shoot the jordan and i was like am i really talking jordans right now with reggie jackson like is this he, real life? Like, that's what he's excited about is to come into the booth and be like, and show me his shoes. And he's like, yo, like you, the George. And I was like, this is bananas. This is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like baseball royalty, just yeah. loving his Jordans right now and loving showing me his Jordans. It was, it was awesome. That Man. moment for me, Hey, that moment for me was when Barry would walk through the clubhouse and be like, Hey, don't F with chop and ping pong. I was 10 and 0 against Barry Bonds. So like Barry oh, was yes. my hype guy for ping pong, dude. And I'm like, yeah, this is this doesn't suck. No, this it doesn't get any better. You got you got the goat right here telling everyone don't mess with him. Yeah, don't mess with this guy in ping pong. This guy's the truth. I'm like, wow, okay. All right. right. Man. Well, <laughs> I uh I, I do think Dallas got the victory, but uh but it was yeah. a really strong, strong comeback there, Chopper. And yeah. and I'm proud to say you finished second. He may have won second. the battle, but he he well, he also won the war. Won so. the war. Um, <laughs> hey. Uh, uh, send, send us off, you know, for, for the Oakland A fan out there uh, who's, who's, who's listened uh, to, to, to the Fosse's and he's, he's, they've, they've watched the Jimmy Foxes and uh, the, they, uh, they're sad uh, with, with what's going down, what's been in the news. Yeah. Um, what do you got for us as one of the hearts and souls of the Oakland A community? Uh, what do you got? Just, just uh, kind of, I mean, along the same lines that w- what I've, I've said, I put a video out just kind of, I was, I was feeling the emotion. I had a lot of people reaching out, a lot of people still reaching out because it's not something that just goes away with the 24 hour news cycle for baseball fans in the Bay area for yep. A's fans. This doesn't just go away and it hasn't gone away. And their story is one that I think really, really deserves some attention. And I think some of the messaging when stuff like this occurs can get mixed up. And I think as folks start to form opinions, which are going to be everlasting because it does feel like this thing is sort of coming to an head one way or the other. I just, I really hope that folks do the due diligence to understand everything that has gone on because it's not just at the fans feet and for anybody across any sport to think that 
anything that involves business to this magnitude would ever fall at the feet of the fans, I, I think understand that that's just falling short of reality. And so uh, to the fans, I can only say to you what I've been saying to you this whole time as a player, this whole time as an announcer, I can only say to you what I was being told as a wee Litlin, as a fan. Hmm. And that's hang with them and hang in there and keep supporting the folks who are on the field because they deserve your support. They deserve your support. And they're the ones who are going to be a part of making those memories that you hold on to right now. And sure, they were players that you had their jersey and might have been in the league for four or five years. Well, you know what? If you're ever looking to draw a parallel between yourself and life in the big leagues, this would be a great time to do so and realize that not everybody starts life on third base. Not everybody's a first-round draft pick. Not everybody gets to the big leagues in their first year. Sometimes it takes a lot of grinding. Sometimes it takes many, many years of being called up and sent down, called up and sent down, trying to establish yourself, trying to reestablish yourself. Sometimes you're asked to make a complete and total wholesale change. I don't know, like maybe a pandemic pops up and what you weren't doing isn't something that you can't do anymore. So you got to make a change. Were you great day one that you had to make that change? No. Are you a little better now? Probably. You'd like to think so. So that's what's going on with these guys is there's guys that are trying to reestablish themselves, guys that are trying to grow in to a big leaguer. They're looking for help. They're looking for leadership. They're trying to become a leader themselves. All of that is going on at the most elite level of competition, which isn't something you see every day. So if you could ever see yourself in a big leaguer, I bet it's right now more so than ever. There you go. I appreciate uh, your friendship. And uh, I respect and in my, I'm inspired by your honesty and, and your genuine strive to grow the game and be you. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, I want to thank both of you uh, for what you guys do. And um, Chop, coaching kids, man, it's one of the most thankless jobs publicly that you will ever sign up for, that you will ever do. At times, you're nothing more than a glorified babysitter. And it takes a very special individual to be able to understand that, wake up and face maybe some inevitable failures in their day, but know and believe that the impact that they're going to make is worth the while. And without people like you, Chop, our game does not continue to grow. Our game does not continue to exist. So thank you. And Thanks, Coach Ballgame, I've shared this with you. I am jealous of you that you have the opportunity to be that big kid each and every day because that is who you are and that is how you live your life. And you should never have to apologize for doing that. You should never, ever question where you fit in in the pantheon of baseball greatness because you're at the tip top of that list, my friend, for the same reason that Chop is, because it takes somebody outside of mom, dad, aunt, uncle, caregiver to just love an individual and love what they're doing and love the game to help grow it. And that's you to a, to a full point. That is you. And without that, we're not able to have these kind of conversations. We don't get to have the opportunity to just let the kids play.
what do you do with that chop huh i love it dude thank you for your time thank you for who you are dude it's no, it's been a you. it's been a privilege to to meet you and just keep doing you man i i wear jordans all the time too so let's go <laughs> right on <laughs> right on thank you boys very much i appreciate, appreciate you thinking you. of me have we'll a great day, listening. Dude. We'll keep listening to those A's. And I texted you, you know, the, the last time I, me and Mrs. Ball game, we're watching an A's game. That's it. Hey, that's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well done. So appreciate if, you, bro. Uh, hey, and we don't do help. a post. Hey, we don't do a post pod wrap. So when we let you go, you can bounce because like half the guests just stay. No, oh, all yeah. good. Just so you know, bro, you bounce and we appreciate you. Have a great day, dude. Good luck tonight Will in the broadcast. Do. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. All right, bro. Atta boy. There you go. What a guy, huh? Man, I tell you. On ya. Mother's Day? Come on, Coach Ball Game. That is – see, Nuts. Debbie gets – she gets frustrated when I use the term baseball gods. I get it. Like, that's a sacrilegious term. I don't really mean that there's baseball gods. There's one true holy god. That's Jesus Christ and his Father um, and the Holy Spirit, if you want to get into it, the Holy Trinity. But whatever term you want to use for when baseball does amazing things, like give Dallas Braden – a flipping perfect game on Mother's Day. Our what? God loves baseball, man. That's it. He does. Our God loves baseball. That's it. Let's That's go. what it is. Our God loves baseball. That was so cool. Super Big strong. Guess. Super strong, man. Um, so welcome back uh, to the uh, states, too, bud. Welcome back. Welcome back. Missed I mean, you. we 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 came back strong. Uh, there there will be a topic each day. I've got these topic questions from. Our listeners, uh, send them in. Send me an email. Uh, yeah. Throw me a message on Instagram. I've already got uh, two here that we'll hit next week. Um, thank you to our Patreons, the supporters, uh, and and thank you, Warstick, being our first. Let's go. Uh, flipping Kinsler. sponsor, man. Let's go. Kensler. Jack White. Jack. We got to get him on the pod. Talk music. Dude, that'd be sick. Yeah. yeah talk some, we should probably some do that. drums. That would be great. Oh, um, I love that. I, I, th this quote came to me. Um, I'm sure somebody else wrote it, but uh, I'll I'll take I'll take the blame for it, uh, and I want to write it in my book. But speak nicely and ask nicely. If you speak mean, uh, the other person taps into their insecurities and they won't hear you. Uh, hmm. So uh, along the lines of of Doc Roberts, uh, you know, criticize quietly and and privately, uh, and then praise loudly. But um, yeah. It, I think what, when you when you go hard or you go mean, uh, they turn you off and, and mm -hmm. they go inward and they start thinking about their own issues and problems and they won't hear you. So uh, that that message was spoken loudly this this interview for sure. Indeed. No, great job. Have a great week. Don't forget to rake. You're the goat. Bang. <laughs>